the least is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist. Welcome back to Houston Dynapod Podcast. This is season two, episode 30, I think. Uh, whatever. Anyway, it's, it's a good time. I'm joined by Sean again. Hey, Sean. Is 30 the uh, amount of uh, weed in ounces that you've smoked so far today before the show? I actually only smoke about a half ounce a week. Okay, well, that, that's so, good. I, I, I mean, to be fair, 30 would be a, a shit lot. ton. That would be a shit ton. But I had to ask because I had to tie, you know, the number 30 into the show in some way. So that there's my tie in for you. 30 ounces, 30 ounces to freedom. Yeah. You ever play, uh, what is it? Uh, Edward 40 hands. Nope. Have they dub, duct taped a fucking 40. I never did it. That looks stupid. You know why? Cause what if I have to pee? How am I going to do that? If I have forties duct taped to my hands, you, you know, you got to kind of learn how to, how to control it without having to use your hands. I mean, I have certain situations, but like get the zipper open. Oof, be tough. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, I need a little help from my friends. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to start with something that, uh, I don't know if this was in your notes, but something that you've been pretty vocal about. And this is the July 1st, Houston dash and Hector Herrera unveiling conflict where same time, different locations, the biggest signing in Houston soccer is not going to be at a fucking Houston soccer event. Sean, was this, this was done before your last show? Yeah, it, it they dropped the info like on Monday last week, uh, oh. Monday or Tuesday. So yeah, before the show. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get around to this week's show. Did you guys cover it like in depth? <laughs> Did we cover it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we we kicked off the show with it, and uh, if you haven't seen it yet, and and you guys know if you listen to Finn's podcast, which if you are, you I mean, you know you listen, you know that I don't tend to get heated very often, uh, especially on on the show um it takes specific uh you know topics or specific things to get me heated and uh, yeah i don't think i've been more pissed off in terms of like a rant and a conversation and a topic than uh than i was with that one uh, and we kicked off the show with it so it certainly set everything in motion but i you know it's interesting because i've actually gotten a lot of great feedback from people uh about the way that I explained it and how frustrated and how that came across. Um, so I feel pretty good about it. Uh, I really do recommend if people haven't gone and, you know, seen it or at least listened to it, uh, go hit up either on uh, your favorite podcast platform, just search for generation orange. You'll see season four episode 12 was last week's uh, or hit us up on YouTube, youtube.com slash generation orange show uh, or on twitch twitch.tv slash generation orange yeah i mean like i don't i don't know if you follow my twitter but i don't really do good causes very often like i don't like bash good causes but i don't really jump behind something but I, i've kind of jumped in i'm this the one, same way this, you, this is, you know you've seen me you, this you is too good of an opportunity this is too yep. good of an opportunity for the city as a whole and you guys are fucking it up like you yep. are you had this is an easy solution and you guys i don't know what who or what did this but it's like this is you fucking need to be re-examined what you're doing with your life right now i certainly don't want to uh take your entire show to discuss this but i, I think if i can summarize it for your listeners um it comes down to 
you know, limited scheduling availability for, uh, you know, for Ache Ache, um, and then limited scheduling capabilities for the team to hold some kind of, you know, introduction opportunity. Now, yeah, there's other things that they can do, but due to those limited scheduling uh, kind of conflicts and, and issues, you know, they elected to hold it at the same time as something else. Where, where, where is his being held at? It's being know. held at Post. It's somewhere downtown in Edo, I think. Um, I don't know. I've never been to Post and frankly, probably never will go. It's not Post's fault, but. Uh, is that it, a bar? It, is that a restaurant? Post? It's a pub. It's a bar. It's a, yeah, it's, it's probably a grill. I don't, like I said, I've never been. You're asking That's a the weird wrong person. Pick. Huh. Uh, you know, and and I, I'm sure some people will say, well, you know, they couldn't hold it at XYZ because, of, you know, there's not enough space. I, you know, I kind of question, well, how much space is Post going to have? You know, if space is an issue, if you're really concerned about having enough room for people to show up, Post is not going to cut it. Yeah, I mean, it's a dash game. We'd have the whole upper bowl open. We got Easily. plenty of room. Easily. It's just a good, it's an opportunity that they fucked up to, to, to screw up. And you know what I, I put out there, and I'm going to do this. I've never taken my kids to a dash game, but I'm going to either look, if I cannot take them, I'm going to buy a ticket. I'm still going to buy a ticket to this game, but I'm not going to the Hector Herrera thing because of this. And I don't want people to think like, you don't support the club. No, I I do. It's just, there's a better way to do this that benefits everyone. Like, let's do that. Let's, let's benefit everyone. So, you know where I was yesterday? Yeah. Were you, were you at the game? Did you go to the game? I was, I was not, I had some work stuff that came down out of nowhere. So, so you were, you were at work yesterday. Well, I mean, at I work from home for the most part. So at work is, you know, a loose term, but yeah, it was not, I was not at the game. Neither was I. Do you know where I went? No, nope. No idea where you were. I went to pride fest. I went to Houston's third annual pride fest. Uh, yeah. Nice. My, uh, my girlfriend's daughter uh, rocks the rainbow. I'm not, I don't want to put a label on her because she's 17 and like, who knows who they are at 17, but we all went. And let me tell you what, man, I haven't seen that many jock, jock straps since fucking the locker room in high school. And this was like out. <laughs> There's a lot of jock strap. There was a lot of male ass cheeks. And let me tell you one thing, like there are, oh man, I'm, I'm pretty straight, right? But some of these women that were there, oh, they're absolutely beautiful. I mean, there's good looking men, but these women, they are winning. Like if there was a competition, like who has the better looking people at Pride? The women took it. The dudes, man, they went, oh, there are some things I can't unsee. Like I've been to drag shows in Vegas and all that. This was upper level. This was like a, a totally different level. Lots of ass cheeks. We saw one guy. I guess he got real drunk. He was really tall, skinny black guy. And he was just wearing boxer shorts. Well, he pulled his boxer shorts down past his ass. So his whole ass was hanging out. And he kept screaming, fuck these hoes. Take me home. Eventually somebody did. But the highlight of the evening was not really a highlight because it made me sick. A, uh, a rather large woman attempted to jump a temporary six foot metal fence and fell on her fucking head. Like her head slammed into the concrete, her tailbone hit one of those like uh, traffic barriers that's make a concrete that sticks up, but they're like poles, mm -hmm. so you can't go into sidewalks. Holy fuck, she ate it. But she, I mean, she got up, 
she her evening went a drastically different route but she did it and you know going to pride fest i, I was in the, the military so one of my buddies asked me he goes hey what are you doing tonight and i told him i was like i'm going to pride fest and he's kind of dumb and he was like you're gay and i said no i'm not i'm not gay and i explained the situation with my girlfriend's daughter however when i told my dad I told my dad, I was like, yo, dad, I'm going to Pride Fest. My dad goes, huh, knew it. Not, not even like, <laughs> not even a question. Just, he just goes, huh, knew it. I was like, thanks, dad. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. But uh, yeah, have you ever been to one? Uh, I, I have not. Uh, yeah, I, I just haven't as of yet. No, I haven't been. I mean, I wore cargo shorts, so I know there was no question about what team I was playing for at all. I'm on team vagina for sure. I, I, I would say, I would say, you know, June in the middle of, or in the middle, you know, middle of, or early or even late June in Houston outside is like so hell. hot. So hot. It is. So, I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. It was so hot. We made it, we made it from like <laughs> 5 PM till about, about eight, about eight which was good well yeah and you get there at 5 p.m you're already 10 hours after they've you know been hitting it hard and running so you know yeah and in that area there were not a lot of people checking the score of the dynamo game no so i was pretty much pretty much on my own but it was a the first thing i did sean was i I looked at the lineup Mm -hmm. and i didn't i couldn't be on twitter a lot right i was at pride fest and i looked at the lineup and i thought i like this i like this lineup what did you think and by the way google and whatever station broadcast it listed as a four, two, three, one. I didn't see the full match, but was it really a four, it was, two, three, it one? It was a four, it was a four, two, three, one. I didn't get to actually watch the match either, but I did watch highlights and okay. I you so know, the follow enough way. people and talk with enough people that go to matches, uh, you know, consistently, they were able to give me kind of the lowdown on what it actually was. It was a four, two, three, one. So game one without Fafa and bared up on the wing, we looked terrible game two. We stick, it appeared to be Thor and Darwin. You called that on Thor, mm-hmm. by the way. Thor and Darwin on the wings. And man, uh, we, I called we what? Good. What on Thor? What? What on, what on Thor? Him playing Sorry, the wing. What? I agreed with. Oh, you playing in the wing. Yeah, yeah. Real. He he looks he looks really great out there, and I need more of that. And so him. so why that works? I just want to throw this out there. Why that works, and the reason I push for it so hard is because he has begun to build a rapport with Sebas. And those two play really, really well off each other. And Sebas, because he's so good at holding, he can create opportunity for Thor to either cut inside or stay out wide, which creates opportunity for Sebas. So, yeah. Anyways, I, yeah, it, it's a good partnership, and I need more of that. Ah, I didn't pull it off, did I? Hello? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I don't know what you mean by pull it off, because uh, uh, it could be taken a number of ways, buddy. I had to get up and run out and grab something. Oh yeah, you didn't, didn't, didn't get back in time. I didn't hear a word that you just said. Damn it! You're saying oh, why right. he looks why he looks good out there. He looks good. I mean, the service from Zeka really helped him helped him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you can cut the cut when you know when you asked me the question before. So yeah, Thor out there. You know the the great thing about Thor out there, and the reason that works and that partnership works is because Sebas as a holding striker. He's willing to stay central or willing to float more to the other side, which actually gives Thor more space, which allows Thor, if Sebus is shooting up there, if Sebus is holding at the top of the box, he's pulling center backs out of the way. And it just leaves Thor one-on-one with an outside back. And Thor is physical enough. And, you know, when you saw it on Thor's goal, 
he can handle outside backs and even some center backs in MLS. So yeah, it's just, it's a great, it's a great position for him and a position nobody expected him to play. But now that he's out there, I don't, I, I don't want to see us change from it. I want him to stay in that position. Him and Sebas, you know, I feel like left wing is taken care of at least for a while. Or for a bit. Yeah. Like uh, to me, his build doesn't scream left wing. His build screams, I should be in the middle. But what he offers out there, you know what, though, what if you're going to be choices are. Sure. But if you're going to be innovative when it comes to soccer, you have to be willing to play players out of a position they would, you know, normally not play because maybe their build isn't, isn't the, you know, the type that is considered the proper type, right? Again, you put Thor against an outside back. Sure. He's not going to burn him with his speed, but he sure as hell is not going to get physical off the ball by an outside back. Well, who was the guy last game that bossed Beto around the guy from, uh, was it Colorado? Orlando? Orlando. It was Orlando. That guy was fucking beating Beto up. Yep. That guy was tough. Yep. There's not many built like that. But like Thor could take on any of our backs and physically man up with them. I think. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. statistically speaking, we have, I think we have the best left back in MLS right now. Like we have one of the highest rated left backs in MLS right now. Lundquist is popping like a 717 average for the season. For the season. Yep. 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 What what a fucking time for him, man. It's 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 really good to see. But dude, I, okay, so when I looked at the midfield and I saw Seren and Memo, I went, ah oh, man. I was like, oh, not gonna have a lot of creativity in this one. But let me ask you a question because after Orlando, I was like, all right, I'm done with Memo. I feel like he gave me a little hope last night. I feel like last night and the stuff that I've read and the stuff that I've seen and his involvement and the fact that he's consistently been actually playing better than we think. I think maybe I was a little too quick to judgment. Where are you? Cause I know you've been firmly memo out. Are you still firmly memo? Oh, out? I'm still firmly memo out because like what you're getting production wise out of any position that he goes to is below what you could get with a different player who is, you know, better at that position. That's true of every, everybody on the, on the pitch. There's always somebody better. I, I'm, you know, let me rephrase that. With what you could acquire right now, and I'm not saying DP level, but there are MLS players out there that are considered you know, surplus for certain teams that you could stick in the same position it would be better than Memo, and you wouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg to get them within MLS, so but, you wouldn't be paying for an international slot either. Well, so, yeah, memos, memos domestic, but you could say the same about Seren, right? You could, but I think Seren, there's kind of a difference there uh, in, in that Seren plays much better defensively and finding a center midfielder that plays quality defensively, you know, consistently enough is a difficult thing to do. And Seren is going to, and, and this is a business type decision but Seren is going to bring you a lot more gate sales than memo is going to and what i mean by that is you know memo's not going to capture the u.s u.s audience but Seren is definitely going to be he is beloved by the el salvadorian you know fans and he's the captain captain of the team uh, he, he is when he plays yeah he is when he plays but you know he's he he I know of season ticket holders that have specifically said that their original reason for getting season tickets was Seren. So yeah, he's driving t- ticket sales. You can absolutely not say that about memo. There's nothing in his game that screams. Oh yeah. That's a guy I want to go watch every time he plays. I mean, the population of Wharton is like 20,000. 
El Campo when compared to El Salvador. And they don't, and they they're not, but they're also not showing up to matches either. So there is that too. Let's be frank. There, be there fair. are more people moving here every day from El Salvador than there are that live in Wharton County. You know? Oh, for sure. Because this is this is the greatest country in the world, unless you want an abortion. You can't get that, at least in Texas. So now we're into the political section. Roe v. Wade, are you excited? Are you excited, Sean? Excited about what part of it is what I'm curious. Just uh, the fallout. I am, I am most excited to see that hopefully there's some positive fallout from this clusterfuck of a situation we put ourselves in. Because we did this. America politically, did this. <laughs> politically speaking, you know, there's a pendulum that swings heavily one way and then heavily the other, and, and it gets longer and like it's the, the swing gets harder one direction every time, like further and further one direction every time. Because look, no political party, no, you know, no agenda is, is perfect. There's just not, let's be realistic, you know, and, and whether you, you know, whether you say that because of, of you know, fiscally speaking, or you say that for, um, you know, social reasons or, um, you know, for actual, you know, things that matter and, and things that count like abortion rights and women's rights and voting rights and immigrant rights. And I could go on and on. But, you know, every time it swings one way, it swings the other way harder and it just continues swinging back and forth. And so, I just want everybody to know, and I'm saying this because there's a tempering of expectations that's needed, like it's going to be great initially, but there's going to be a very short period of time where it's going to be, you know, top end, everybody's happy, everything's great. And it's going to, you know, there's going to be an extra swing past that point and people are going to get pissed off about something else. You know, if it's not one thing, it's another. It's always a, it was like gun control like a week ago. Supreme yeah. Court's like, fuck yeah. it. We've talked about guns for a minute. Kavanaugh's over there fucking cleaning his AR. We talked about guns long enough. God damn it. Can't we keep well, you know, going to protect some babies? I'm going to ask this. I'm going to ask this. And I only ask this because I'm genuinely kind of curious, not because I think it's gone away, but where has the media coverage about, you know, about, uh, about non-whites being violently, you know, sequestered or otherwise by police officers? Where has that gone? The media coverage about it. Uh, well, Sean, there's 19 people that were killed in Uvalde. Uh, yep. I don't think I don't think many. No, no, were... no. I, that's fair. I know, I'm there are more. You know, that, that's not the only thing that's happened, right? It, it's uh, Roe jumping v. Roe v. Wade, exactly. And let's be fair; that's going to overshadow the Uvalde stuff after the next two weeks. It's going to be nothing already... but. You know, no, it's already it's... happening. I'm it's aware, but there's still people, you know, there's still people willing to to stand up and speak out about the Uvalde stuff. And, well, and as, there should be gun as far as absolutely needs to be on the agenda as well. As far as our government is concerned, gun control is over because they did pass something in the Senate with like 64 to 36 votes. Is that my math right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like 64 that. to 36. So as far as the government's concerned, we're done with gun control. Uh, so we can focus on Roe v. Wade. And that's that's what's going to happen. So, hey. I, I think that Paulo Nagamora, segue, Paulo Nagamora <laughs> is 100% better equipped to bring out the best in his players than I've been through three coaches. Any coach I've seen at Houston, including Wilmer Cabrera. I think Wilmer would be a close second, Tab, uh, very fucking at the bottom. But to me, Memo and Seren 
at the beginning of this year, a lot of people were like fucking Seren. And most people were like fucking memo. But these two, either he has found a way to play to their strengths and avoid their faults because they look better, or we, they just look good against horrible fucking opponents when it's 115 degrees in Houston. It's, it's one or the other. But I'm starting to believe, like seeing Thor play at a position, seeing how uh, Dorsey has changed, seeing how Lundquist has changed, Quintero, fucking everybody, really everybody. Who, who has gotten worse this year, aside from Tim Parker, under Paulo's management? Who do you think from last year, the holdovers? Who's gotten worse? Who's gone downhill? Uh, from last year, uh, Corey Bird. Corey Bird had like one or two matches last year that he was okay in. Oh, well, that's a small sample size. <laughs> we, we're not talking I mean, about Corey this week. Corey didn't. Play. I know, I know, but play? but but I had to. Yeah, he played. He played in a match 80, or two last season. Eighty seventh minute, I think he got it yesterday, didn't he? Uh, I don't, again, I didn't actually see the match, so I couldn't tell you. I looked at the substitution sheet. I don't know where it went. Here we go. Corey did not. Oh, yeah, hey, he was. I don't think he, he was even on the available. bench. Yeah, he wasn't available. Maybe he's hurt. Well, you know what? Maybe he pulled. No, his he's, he's not hurt. There's other things going on. Um, OK, so he's going to leave. Hopefully, maybe him. And I Fafa. didn't say that. I didn't say anything. I didn't hey, say should. that. He, those are two spots that we need better players. In. Even yeah. though Thor has looked good. He's he, he played very well. OK, that's one game. So what's more important to you, though, is is it more important with Thor at least being acceptable at left wing? Is it more important for you to try to upgrade at left wing or to get a right winger? Because you don't have a right winger. I would go right wing first. 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. And if you can only make one move, you're making it to grab a right wing. You're not making it to grab a left wing. So, yeah. And then I'm playing Herrera on the left side of the midfield. To help out the guy on the left. Yeah. You know, or whoever my, whoever my better attacking player is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause you know, Fafa is a defensive winger, according to football manager. Um, sure. Yeah. Only, only because he hasn't, you know, generated any, any goals this season. And I think he's got really, two. Like he's, he's actually his, <laughs> I know you hate ratings, but he's, he's like our second highest rated guy behind Lundqvist or no, it's Lundqvist, Quintero, Fafa, but with goals come higher ratings. And he should have more goals. But in the highlights, I noticed the first eight minutes, man, Chicago had two massive chances and we had a slow start. Yep. Do you think this is just a product of how we're playing? Because it looks like to me, when we start these matches, no matter where we are, home or away, we sit back at first and we counter and then we build into this possession type of football. Like, are you seeing that as well? Why do we start so slow? I mean, if I could answer that, I probably would be, you know, able to get a job with a MLS club somewhere or at least a, you know, soccer club somewhere. Uh, you probably but, but make I, more if, doing what you're doing. Oh, a, I guarantee you I could. You can't put a price uh, but, on happiness. Sorry, go ahead. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I, I look at it and it's been a consistent thing. It, well, I, I shouldn't say it's, it's been inconsistent. Like sometimes it'll be a slow start. Sometimes we'll start up fast. Um, I think some of it comes from the fact that, you know, there's a couple of players coming off international duty. Yeah, they've been back for roughly a week, but that's exhausting. It's hotter than hell out there and was so hotter hot. than hell, you know. And, uh, you know, and then I think some of it is just, you know, Paolo does not like to put the same lineup out more than once. 
It feels like he has to make some change at least every week. And while I don't necessarily mind that, I think there comes a point that you need to allow players time to gel together and to find chemistry together. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, players like Sebas and Thor, like it's taken them, you know, a few chances together to, to find a way to make it work, but they're finding a way to make it work. That wasn't the case necessarily the first time Thor was trotted out there at left wing, because that's not the first time he's played at left wing, uh, you know, with Sebas in the middle. And we're better with um, them both on the field. With both of them up top, be- we are much, much better. better. Much better. They, they um, open the argument up for a 4-4-2, but I, you know, I, I think. But the 4 2 3 one's the best you can play yeah. with Quintero. I think also we have to attribute some of it to the fact that, you know, Chicago wanted to try to get an early goal, and so they were willing to press hard. And then as soon as the heat hit, man, they were, you know, and they, like, were catching their breath, and it was just hot, you know, you're breathing hot air, man, that, that wins you so fast. And then at that point, that's when the dynamo started applying the pressure. We actually had greater than 50% possession, which we for did. us, we is won the absurd. stat line. It's yeah. especially for being up two goals. Yeah. You and know, it, it could have been kind of crazy to be we honest. Had, we had two yeah. called oh, back. Oh, I did. Yeah. Two, two called, called back. back. One was very close, uh, but they were the right calls. Uh, you know. And Quintero had one that was say uh, Sebas and Quintero both had one that was saved. Uh, each had one that was saved, uh, and they were great shots. And Thor missed that volley. And Thor, Thor missed, his header, missed his header. Missed his header. Uh, and his header. Uh, which, which man, you know, again, you got two target guys, right? And if you got the ball coming in from the right side from Zeka, uh, I mean, you know, on headers, take your pick. Are you going far yep. post? Are you going yeah. you know, near post and letting Sebas just tap one in? I mean, Sebas just... at the near throw at the far. Yeah, man, I, I wrote that down. How with their Sebas is very talented with his head. And when I saw the yeah. highlight, I didn't look at him. I, I just went, oh, yeah, Sebas with the head. This well, is I that... just feel like Sebas has had a lot of practice with his head, you know, whether that's, you know, personal practice or with other, you know, with other people. Um, I just feel like he's very well versed in handling his, his head, you know, yeah. appropriately. Yeah, his head gets a lot of attention. It does. It does. I didn't realize. I'm surprised he hasn't gone bald yet. I, you know, to be honest, I didn't realize it was Thor because it was so pretty. I just assumed it was Sebas because it was on my computer. <laughs> it was on my computer screen, so it was a little tiny window. And I was watching. I go, "Fucking Sebastian!" Yeah. I was like, "Fucking Fernandez, dope with his head." And I go, "Oh shit, that was Sean's guy." God damn it. Yep. Yep. So speaking of Thor, I have to throw this out there. That's two goals now in the season for Thor. He's only exactly eight away. Exactly what I was going to go to. So when he scored that, are you da- that that Daniel that Daniel Larusso goal? So what, <laughs> what's the first thing you thought, or when you saw it was Thor? Like the first thing you thought, because I thought eight to go. Not Karate Kid. I didn't. I did not go Karate Kid. But the first thing I, I immediately the first place I went to was yep, eight to go. <laughs> it was like eight to go. It was no, actually, it was not eight to go. The exact thing I, I exact words in my head were, I told you. <laughs> exactly yeah, that was next. It was like, it's like, fuck. It's like, we'll see. It's, I mean, I would love for him to score as many as he needs to. I just want to win. So I here's the thing, right? How many opportunities has he gotten out wide? Like two or three at this point, minus a couple of very sparing sub minutes, you know, out wide. You know, if, if they keep playing like that, I mean, there's no reason he can't hit 10. And it, it appears to be that he works his way into the box. Quintero gets licenses, do whatever he wants. Then you have Zeka or Lundy to shoot crosses into two target men, one at the near so and one the- at the far. That's the that's the intention and the tactical approach that Paolo would like to employ consistently. 
he wants Thor to be able to cut in when he wants because that frees up Lundy out wide. He wants uh, whomever is playing right wing, if that's Quintero, to cut in and play inside whenever they want because it frees up Seca or you know whomever is playing right back, which hopefully it is Seca because he absolutely deserves it. Um, you, you know, and when those guys are cutting inside, your other side is overloading, and now you've got a couple of guys either to hit headers or to collect the ball and then shoot. Or you know, there were a couple of times that Quintero got it, you know, out just at the top of the box, like on the edge of the box, and then he'd cut in, draw two defenders with him, and then he'd be able to just slot that off. little tiny through yeah, ball. That, that oh, his, his connection balls, with Freda is, oh. is really good. That little give and go stuff, that one two, yeah, ticky tock, and they yeah. play back and forth. They have a they have good chemistry, and, and it shows how Ooh. it shows how good. Sebas Ferreira is and I'll ask you this I asked Mark on on Wednesday and I'll ask you you know how nice is it to know that we have our striker for the at least next three years no question who the striker needs to be on this team I also uh, it's it's extremely nice and it's nice that he's not a one-trick pony because as much as I like Mauro Minotis He's going to try and knock the ball past you and be Sebastian can do yeah a little he can do everything well and you're talking about and Sebastian good. isn't physicaled off off the ball by center center backs. No, he's got Morrow was constantly physicaled off the ball. And if we, we look at Fred now, right? And how well he's playing. Look at Darwin Quintero at 35 years old. What he's doing. He's got six goals, no assists, by the way. Six goals. Mm-hmm. And he is playing. This is the best he's looked since he's been here. Not. That man should have seven assists at this point. Like, and it, and that I don't mean that he should have them because he's not getting them. I mean that either the player on the other end of it is not finishing wide open opportunities, or because they're called back for being offsides by literally the mar- like most minimal of margins. You know, I think in his prime, Darwin Quintero could have played. He could have made the bench on any on on any team in any of the major leagues on one of those teams. He wouldn't have made the bench like a Real Madrid or a Man U. But in his prime, man, with what he is now, it's a shame he didn't get to go to Europe because he didn't, right? No, he didn't. It was just on Liga MX, but he played for the biggest he, club there. Yeah, he played Liga MX. America. But yeah, he is, he's doing something special. We have, we really have about one more year of this with him because isn't he on a one year contract? We keep saying that, though. We keep saying that, though. He's a phenomenal I mean, guy to come off the bench. If, you know, look, Vicente Sanchez played until he was 37 and he was still playing well at 37. Now he couldn't give you a full match. No. But if Quintero is willing to take less money at the end of next year to stick around and be a super sub player, I mean, uh, do you argue with that? It's like, hey, do you want to work a half an hour once or twice a week? Yeah, sure. I'll do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, speaking yeah. of. And, then, uh... and even then. Even then, the one thing I'll say is let's say the Dynamo end up this season getting into a position to be able to potentially, or not this season, next season, by the end of next season, they get themselves into CCL, you know, positioning for, you know, whether it's Open Cup or MLS Cup or, you know, whatever great record, you know, whatever those metrics that they end up hitting. If they do that, having a guy like Darwin Quintero on the bench to come on and maybe he starts one match in CCL play every like two to four weeks. Like, you know, even at 37, a guy can do that and then sub off in the 65th, 70th minute, you know, and and he has time to let his body fully recover. So again, it is important to have guys like that. Go ahead. Sorry. Just wanted to add that. Well, I mean, we're going to get to watch Gareth Bale at some point and Giorgio Chiellini 
How do you feel about bail? You feel a little bit. I am pissed off that I have to say this and uh, I hope I don't get you demonetized, you know, cause your monetization on this podcast right now. Is so great, but um, fuck Gareth Bale. Cause pays, uh, pays he had a lot of choices. Uh, no, no, I, I get that. I but get he's it. not making, he's not making more than he would have made with Tottenham for the annual salary. I don't think guarantee it. I don't think Bale wants to work. First of all, Bale's a fucking movie star. Like he is in the world yep. of soccer. He's yep. a movie star. So he's going to go to the movie star capital of the world, which is LA. The weather's great. The city's huge. He's going to be treated like royalty. He's going to get paid. Well, he's going to be one of the best wingers in the league and not have to work very hard. And he gets to get fit for the world cup. I get it. Yep. And you know what? I don't want him at Tottenham because he can't play in Antonio Conte system. He's not good enough. No, I, I'm not pissed. I'm not upset that he's not going to Tottenham. I'm just upset that he's taking whether it comes out or not he's taking in general terms a pay cut to go to lafc somebody and posted go ahead i was just gonna say and i'm pissed off that mls creates these loopholes and in you know capabilities for these types of things to happen you've got you've got you know at lafc you've got vela you've got uh you know bail you're gonna have chiellini and there's one or two other guys and two of those guys chiellini and bail are both gonna be tam players they're not even going to be DPs. So, yeah. you know, look, they're, they're doing some shady shit. You know, the athletic had an article about how, you know, some GMs in the league are, are getting around some of the rules and regulations and, you know, how they're doing some things. And, you know, Miami had a lot of, of that to fall, you know, fall on them when they were caught doing it. And, you know, I'll tell you, sure. LAFC may be, finding ways to make it work, but I guarantee you they're doing everything in their power to stay within the legal limits that they can do, but they better be looked at as hard as Miami was looked at because there is no doubt they're pulling some shady ass shit to make that happen. Well, I think this, it's just a way to circumvent the salary cap, which is, I, I am against a salary cap in MLS and I'm for relegation and promotion, which has never happened, but I'm still against the salary cap. And you look at the transfer fees paid by Atlanta the amount of money they have forked out on these players that haven't panned out. I asked myself, why can they do that? The answer is simple. They sell 50 to 60,000 fucking tickets a game so they can buy the players. So uh, being allowed to circumvent the rules and illegally, which it seems like they're doing in a sense, because Miami just fucked up the DP thing. They had too many DPs. How you mess that up? I don't know. That's not hard. There's like three of them. You can have three. Oh shit. We yep. have four. Yep. How did you miss that? It's just one more. It's one more than you had before. <laughs> but I'm, I'm okay with these people having rules that allow these teams to generate more revenue to buy better players. Because you know what? If we can get to that level, as big of a market as we have here, we won't be signing Gareth Bales. But we'll be signing guys like Hector Herrera, like Carlos Vela. Bales above and beyond those two. He's, he's another fucking level. And I don't think we'll ever be another level just because of attendance uh, restrictions with the size of the stadium and the neglect that's been set in and we're slowly polishing off up until the hh unveiling but yeah i'm okay with it as long as it's within the rules so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that and that's the thing like I, I i'm not upset that they made it work i'm more upset that you know just that there are currently there are mechanisms mechanisms to make it happen and the only reason i'm upset about that is because it does, I think, overall harm the general product that is MLS. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, how many titles did LAFC won? One? None? They've only been around a couple of years, but they haven't won anything yet. Galaxy have won a few. 
Then you got teams yep. like KC, yeah. Portland. You know, they don't have big venues and they they compete. Portland's shit right now, but they'll be back. So hey, here's a quick thing. I I, I real quick. I just let me add this last little thing. I do think it is really good and shows kind of the counter punch to that, which is teams like Seattle that have consistently been very good without overspending. Yeah, but they played a big you ass. Know. They have a lot of money. They played a big field. Like if you look sure. at Port- Portland or sure. Sporting. I think I'm, not, Portland- I'm not arguing the money thing. I'm not arguing the money thing, but they're not using it the same way that these other clubs are using it. They don't have to because of their academy, but they're showing you, you know, that shows you that just because you go spend a lot of money, it isn't a guarantee. Or just because no. you go bring in a lot of aged stars, it's not a guarantee. Look, NYFC did that for a number of years and it didn't do anything for them. They didn't never won a title. So, you know, and, and I, you know, I just wanted to remind people of that. Cause I think at times we get very much into this mold of, or, you know, this kind of rut of, Oh man, you guys just got to go buy the best players available. That's not always the case. There's still a lot of, a lot of things that have to go right in order to make it work. And older guys, they're injury prone. If you don't have other guys on the roster in, in depth that is able to step up and be, you know, at least remotely good enough to step into that role, you've lost that time. You've just completely lost that time. So there's that as well. All right. So we're what almost halfway through the season, right? Give or take. Yeah. Prediction update. Originally you predicted how many goals for Sebus? Uh 30 by the end of the season. No, it wasn't that high. No, 20 it? by the end of the season. It was 20. 20. It was 20 by the end of the season. Sorry. Yeah. Do you want to raise it or lower to keep it the same? I'm going to keep it the same. I'm still thinking 20. He's starting to find his rhythm in his form. I'm going to go with 14. I think I I was at 15. I'm going to go 14 because he's piling up the assists. He's, he's got two goals for every one assist. Yep. Thoroughly fall for look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When Ache Ache gets here, it's going to be a completely different ball game. And the other side of that is the more assists he racks up right now, that's going to free him up for more goals towards the end of the season. So it's kind of a, that's why I say I'm still sticking to my 20 because yeah, he's got a long way to go, but you know, a couple of hat tricks and he's halfway there, you know, it's not gonna take much. And you had 10 for Thor, right? 10 for Thor. Higher, lower the same. How'd you have to ask me that question? You know what the number is because you know, when you're going to get that tattoo, it's going to be big. It's going to be my lower back. I mean, you know, wherever you want to put it, people at the pool will be like, what's up with that guy? You think Thor's going to be who's that, who's that sexy face on his back? This guy's got two faces. <laughs> I call it my, this is my butt face. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you turn it, if you turn the tattoo sideways, right? I just, sideways, yeah, I'll just do your eyes and your nose on one of my ass cheeks. So it looks like you're smiling or frowning, depending on which way I, I move my hips. Like, look, or am I just viewing a bunch of shit all the time? You, you take it how you want, right? Ooh, I like it. That's a better one. So are you going to, are you going to say uh, more or less or the same for Thor at 10? I'm, I'm sticking at 10. I think he's going to end up with seven. Okay. I'm thinking seven. that's still, that's, that's still 21 goals between the two of them is not bad. And look, I, I didn't think he'd be worth a shit at all. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. I'm very glad he's proven me wrong because mm-hmm. the last draft pick we had quote pan out was Sam Junko. And yep. he's, he's a squad player now. Actually, he's not really doing anything, yep. but it's fine. I mean, Technically, you know, at the beginning of the season, you could have said that, yes, or in preseason, you could have said that. But Bartlow is also our draft pick from, you know, last That's year. True. That's true. And he, yes, he he was hurt all of last year, effectively. But we saw in preseason what he brought to the, to the table. So to say that it hasn't panned out, I think it's too early for that. I would say prior to, you know, prior to two, two drafts ago, 
you know, we hadn't had a draft pick that, that played more than a handful of minutes, you know, at least in his first, you know, in the first two seasons, I wouldn't even, you know, Sam Junquist still didn't play. He, he didn't, he was with RGV for his first like two and a half to three seasons before he got here. Yeah. And he so, was, he was very bad when he got here. He, he wasn't great. <laughs> he was terrible. He so was... <laughs> anyways, I, I just think it, I, you know, I think again, coming back to kind of what we as fans tend to do, I think we look at historically speaking and it's like, Oh man, we're terrible with draft picks. I don't know if that's necessarily the case or we just didn't have the proper development systems in place to really help them acclimate quickly to, to MLS. But Thor is proof that, you know, the right, the right player in the right circumstance and with the right coaching, you know, can come out of the, out of college and, and absolutely be, you know, be a viable option. I think it's just that we have like, as, as fans, we're a bit bipolar because oh, I was, sure. I, I was ready to sell memo last week. And this week I'm like, nah, I don't know. We just, uh, we let, I'm still ready to sell memo. We let sell, our emotions, sell them high. Our emotions get the best of us. We make, we make rash decisions, but I'm glad I'm not as bipolar as some. Some are like still mad about everything. Mm-hmm. That's great. But you know what we do have? We have a conundrum in midfield. Sean, we have depth. We have depth everywhere but up top. Think about it. Last night we saw Daniel Starris finally fucking start over Tim Parker. Thank God. We have depth at the center back with Parker and Barlow. Mm-hmm. Both backs, we have a legit guy who can come in and do a job. You know, Dorsey can come in and he can play all right. On the left, you got Sam. He can come in and can play all right. Teenage can go out there, and he also got Valentin on the right. Midfield, when I saw Seren and Karaski, instead of thinking, like, man, why is Seren playing? In my mind, I went, well, Coco's getting a break. This is nice. You know, we have depth, and these guys are able to get a little bit of rotation, which is going to be important when we make the playoffs. And, you know, having guys like Memo and Darwin, Seren, become, I uh, wrote, born again, it's like we have new signings. I know you're still memo out, but when you take a player who's been shit and now he's average, it's like, oh, there's a new guy. There's something we didn't have before. So what did you call nine points from the last four? Not nine points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said nine. So we are, we could still do that. No, we couldn't. Yes, we could. We'd have to win. Yeah, we can. Two. We can. I think we take four. I said, though, I did two. say, I thought we were, I thought we were going to beat. Orlando, which I still feel like we should have if it weren't for some really terrible play at specific positions. Uh, I did say we were going to win at Portland. So if we come out and win at Portland, I'm still up for the potential nine points, which out of the four games is phenomenal. Uh, Even six points out of these three, out of these four matches, you had said that six points would have been completely acceptable. And yeah. I agree with you. I'm okay with six points. I want nine. I think we can get nine still, but you know, it's crazy that, you know, it, it's crazy to me that you go from playing one of the, you know, one of the better teams in the league to one of the worst teams in the league in three days, essentially, or in four days. Like it's not a, it wasn't a very long span of time. No, I think we'll get four more from the next two. And I think we'll end this four game stretch before HH with seven. And I think it looks like we'll be right around eighth place when he gets here, eighth or ninth, if we if it holds true. So, Sean, here's a question for you about our, our squad. And I know you have a question for me, so I'm asking you first, this funny one. So, on our squad, who do you think lost their virginity last 
who was the oldest when they lost their virginity or could still be a virgin? I will go first. I'm picking Teenage Adebe. Teenage just looks so happy and so proper and so polite that in my mind, he is waiting to find his perfect match before he gives her a piece of Lil Hadebe. On the flip side, who do you think lost it at the earliest age? For me, that's an easy one. That's Steve Clark. With those sleeve tattoos, he just looks like a guy that in high school and he was king of the hill. And he was, what is the word? Laying pipe left and right. And he had another phenomenal game. Another good game. What about you, Sean? Uh, you know, I wish he would have at least given me a heads up you were going to go this route. I didn't have time to think about it. Uh, That's why I went first. First to lose it. Uh, you know, I'm going to go, Oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go Seca. Okay. That's a good pick. I'm going to go Seca. Uh, you know, just Brazilian bloods. All I'm going to say there. He's been at carnival. Uh, uh at least once, at least yeah. once. Uh, and he's played for the Brazilian youth national teams, which that alone will get you all you want. Uh, and then the last one, I, I like the Hadevi call out. I think that's a good one. Uh, man, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little off the beaten path here. I, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Tim Parker. Oh, that's uh, I can see that. Just sweet boy. You know, I, I also think he just seems like, a you know, very much like would have dated a chick for a while you know, and, and, and just wrote her poems. He wrote poems, respectful, you know, wrote her song. No, he didn't write poems. He, wrote he made her mixtapes. Yeah, he, he definitely made mixtapes. Uh, you know, well he made a, you know, he made an MP3 playlist. I think he's old uh, enough. To, that would, that would, is, he, is he old enough to have ever burned a CD? Uh, that he probably, yeah, but Maybe. it would have been like, it would have been like his senior year in high school, been a lot his, of work. his freshman year in high school. Like it would have been early, early. Yeah. Napster was so much easier. Just hop on it down. Oh, for sure. Napster live wire. Come on. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go Tim Parker. But that that's a tough one because you know Daniel Starris also seems awful square. Oh <laughs> yeah, he does. I bet though, uh, like I bet Tim when he finally lost it, I bet he just beat that shit up, like Luther and Umbrella Academy when he finally had sex. Which if you don't watch Umbrella Academy, when Luther loses his virginity, he makes the bed rock all night long. And then in my mind, that's Tim Parker. So it was worth the wait for whoever the lucky last was to lose it to Mr. Tim. So you had a question for me. I, I did. I asked this the last time I was on, and I've asked you more than once previous, you know. I don't, it's because my answer never appeases you. Well, that just means that you haven't answered the question adequately enough. All right. Ask the question. Here we go. All right. Who is Finn? So in my mind, okay, there's two parts of me. There's the everyday normal wants to do things right part and then there's the asshole and finn is just a name i give like a, to a sliver of the asshole inside of me because it's not the whole it's not the whole dickhead finn is just the name for him and this is the place where like i told you before it's like free therapy i get to do all my say my weird shit on here and be done with it and it doesn't really hurt me in the in the real world 
So it's just a way for my alter ego to have a voice. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, so yeah. Are you expecting me to to approve or disapprove of your explanation? No, I was expecting a sound, something. I was like, crickets, crickets. No, I'm just, you know, I'm absorbing everything you had to say. So who do you think he is? Who do I think Finn is? Yeah. I think... Uh... But don't dox me if you really know who I am. <laughs> like, motherfucker, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, let, let me uh, put your social information out on the internet permanently. No. Uh, you know, if you ask me, I think Finn is a guy uh, who... He sees soccer in a very different light than a lot of people do. Uh, I think Finn is a voice for... Uh, a very specific group of fans uh and i think that uh you know i think that finn is is a very has just a very different approach to to being himself he's not trying to be more than than that um and and you know that that is okay that is that is good um it's okay to be different you know everybody else is out there when it comes to podcasts and they're you know, they're either analytical and they're trying to break down statistics and positions and, and what have you, or they're out there trying to be a variety show uh, with just, you know, random shit like Jen Orange, uh, <laughs> you know, or or they're out there just, you know, completely off, off the wall. Um, and I think you fit that a little bit, but you also do, you know, you are very focused uh, or at least focused enough, um, you know, to, to be that. So it, it, it works. And I, I I think that knowing that and understanding that and embracing that is where you'll find your, your ultimate success. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I'm good with how things are. I want more fans like for the club. Cause I know if we get more fans that more people like me are going to start listening. You know what I mean? You have your group. I have mine. We all have our little niche. Some of them, man, some people fight over the same niche and that's gotta be fucking hard. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of glad that I don't have anybody else really that, I don't know, makes rape jokes on Twitter and draws attention from me. But uh, yeah, no, it's everybody's got their own little niche. And I just want people to find the club and support it and fill that fucking stadium and put some, put some shade on the east side because nobody wants to sit there. Or just tear those fucking things down and make the west side bigger. Let's just do that. Let's build up. Let's build up. Hey, do you have any... Uh, you plugged earlier. You got anybody you want to talk about? Talked about Rob a couple of times. Uh, well, yeah, because I mean, Rob was on the show not that long ago. Uh, I think if anything, I'm going to plug uh, the, uh, I think it's La Banca podcast. Uh, it's Mark's uh, podcast, actually. Uh, Blanca, Blanca, La Blanca. The White. La Blanca, yeah. Is it, uh, is I, it... I actually thought it was La Banca. I thought it was The Bank. You were like La Bamba. You were like very fucking la 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 Bamba. Like La, la Bambi, Blanca, the yeah. White. Yeah, I'm all is about it, La Bambi. What? The White? Is it like a? Is it the Hispanic branch of like the Proud Boys? La Blanca? I, no, white? no. It's it's La Banca. It means the bank, and it was a play on BBVA, and now a play on PNC. Oh. Um. So, uh, it's the it's La Blanc. Damn it. La Banca. La Banca. Banco. La Banca. I don't know. It might be Bonco. I'm not Mark. I'm not a, not, you know, Spanish is a second language here. Come on now. Uh, whatever it is, uh, Mark, what you can, you know, ask Mark, what is, what the, the, you know, what the YouTube and, and Twitter stuff and all that for it is, but uh, he and, and those guys put in a lot of time and effort. Um, they try to do it weekly. Uh, it's in Spanish. It's in Spanish, right? 
It is, and they cover La, uh, La Liga, um, and uh, they do just do a great job. Uh, you know, it, I, unfortunately, they tried for a while to do English, but that's so difficult to, to do two shows in the same week. And then for Mark, it was ultimately three shows because he'd do that and then turn around and do Gen Orange, uh, and you know, produce and, and all that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I like I said, it's it's a great one. You know, if you if you do speak Spanish and you're interested in La Liga, or you know, hey, you've been thinking about getting into La Liga, I recommend it and. Mark's a great person. You're not going to find many people better than that. Oh, look at that. La Banca podcast. Oh, I, thought I, I actually pronounced it right. I love it. Uh, I just, I just La followed Banca him and podcast. Them. Yeah. I just followed him and retweeted this. Yeah. Show. And trust me, you know, trust me, Mark will appreciate that. And, uh, you know, m- much like you said earlier, La Banca podcast has also received a lot more play than Collins Bomb. Yeah. I, I like that the hashtag's kind of getting out there, man. And I like this one. I wasn't going to hashtag Collins Bomb because that's fucked up. Because I don't want to, I don't need to bring his mom into it. Colin already did. But you uh, did, you know. <laughs> speaking of La Liga, there was uh-huh. a there was a rather not heated, but it was a, a good discussion about would Real Madrid be as dominant if they played an entire season in the Premier League against that competition? Would they be the same team come June? Like because they're like that conversation and discussion got debate level. You saw intense, that, right, man? That was some crazy shit. I couldn't even keep up with it. It was just so much back and forth. I know. And I just, I don't, I don't, man, it, it, it takes a, the physical aspect takes it out of you because if you're in La Liga and you got to play three or four decent teams over the course of what a 34 game season, you can rest and rotate. You know, I just, I don't see how anybody says moving to the best fucking league in the world. Cause it is that's the internet moving to the best league in the world wouldn't wear your team out more come the end of the year. Well, and, and to be fair, it wasn't like Real Madrid tore up, you know, uh, La Liga. No, they weren't dominant there and they were losing to teams that they shouldn't have lost to. So, you know, it is it, very clear that they would not be as dominant and nor would they have been as dominant if they were in uh, premier league. And the fact that premier league, the top six changes constantly every season. You know, it, it's gonna be a big seven soon with fucking Newcastle. Yeah, it, it's it's about to be kind of crazy. Not gonna lie, uh, and there's always gonna be that eighth of wolves that are usually right there, kind of knocking on the door. Yeah, they struggled last season, but they're gonna pick it back up. It's gonna happen. I don't and know. There's who bring it in, but Leicester as well. Yeah, yeah. Southampton, you can't deny them. They've nope. got a great young base going over there. So yeah, I mean, and there's just there's there's teams. It, it's kind of staggering how good the premier league is in terms of you know the top half of the league let's say and then you know there's all like i said there's always this kind of one or two teams in the bottom half that just like, like they Norwich. shouldn't be there they shouldn't be there but they should be a lot better yeah. and then yeah you have your one or two they're like why are they even in this league but yeah i mean if real madrid was in the league you know they'd be kind of like chelsea you know they, they'd be in the, the hunt every once in a while but they wouldn't be the top dog in the league Manchester City and Liverpool for the last, you know, three seasons, four seasons at this point, they're the they're the dominant forces right now. There's no question. I'd like and, to compare. I'd like to compare miles or meters, meters per match for Real squad versus Man City or Liverpool. And yeah. I guarantee you, the eleven strongest players on Liverpool and City are going to play and run more miles and more minutes than Real Madrid. Well, now that Sadio Mane is on the way out, maybe not quite as much. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. 
Oh, hey, we just got a question from Jeff Strong. I, saw, I see it. I saw it come across too. As both of you all are Spurs fans and familiar with Bale, are you unhappy to see Bale? No. No. It makes sense to me. Well, the, the full question, are you unhappy to see Bale go to another MLS yeah. team than the Dynamo? I mean, I, I, I'll say this. Bale at right wing for the Dynamo would have answered one of my problems and would have been an answer to an issue. It would have answered that. every fucking problem. And man, it would have fucking sold a lot of seats. It would have been incredible. Him and, oh man, just, it would have worked great. Sebus would have had another partner out wide uh, so much. And then free kick specialist. Oh, hell yeah. You know, but we can't, never- we can't sell what LA can with the, the atmosphere, the, no, the day-to-day right living. And, the and I think, courses. you know, I, I'm going to say this, and, and I guess this will kind of be my last point of the show for this week for you, but, you know, I think we also kind of got shafted a little bit by being an expansion team without the benefit of being an expansion team. You know, Houston came in and we basically took over a club, you know, took over a team that was existing. We didn't take over the club. We didn't bring any of the history with us or anything like that. We had to earn our own way. And we earned the first, you know, two seasons uh, of championships that we got. The team was the team, regardless. Yes, we got the players, but we still had to earn it. But I think that also set us up for kind of a different situation where we didn't have the foundational front office built up to handle being a consistent perennial powerhouse year after year. Once Dom left, we had nothing left. By the end of Dom's tenure, we had nothing left. And we haven't had anything for so long. And, you know, there were a a lot of, you know, Peter robbing Paul to pay Mary type of thing going on where we were not pouring into our development and our reserves and our academies in order to focus on bringing in, you know, the, the veteran players that we did. And by the end of Dom's tenure, those players weren't as easily readily, you know, accessible and you weren't able to bring them in with the, the money that was available from the Brenner uh, ownership era. So, yeah, I just, I look at all that and, and I, you know, I have to sit here and I go, I think we got a little screwed as a result of that. And if it wasn't for Ted, just think how bad we'd be right now. The Indianapolis 11 are building a 20,000 seat, 1 billion stadium on an 18 acre 11 park complex with apartments, a hotel, office and retail space, along with 20,000 seat soccer stadium. Well, I guess I know where the next MLS team might be coming from. And now speaking of that tonight, I will be guesting on the MLS Card Guy podcast, who is partnered with So Rare, don't know. So apparently, So Rare is a card collecting thing. Yep. And he wants to talk about the Houston Dynamo, and he's a DC United fan, so I can be nice to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And last but certainly not least, I'm supposed to front load this. I need to put it in my notes. But like and rate the show if you haven't done so already, please, on Spotify or Apple or whatever you listen on. That'd be great. I'd appreciate it. Sean, you got anything else? Me neither. Thanks for listening to Houston Dynapod Podcast. Thank you, Sean, for stopping by. And as always... Albert Valise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again. Scoring goals left and right. Valise with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms 
Once again, that's Familiar with Failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool-ass people.